0: You're listening to the Sermon Audio from Mill Creek Community Church. If you like what you've heard or want to find out more information, please visit our
1: website at mymillcreek.com. Good morning, Mill Creek. My name is Nathan Eberline, and I'm one of the elders here. Uh, our verses today will be from Romans 16, verses 1 through 24, and that's page 656 in the Bibles in front of your chair. I encourage you to open it up and... See that the names I'm reading are not made up. Verse one, I commend you to our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Centrea, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you, for she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in their house. Greet my beloved Eponetus, who was the first convert to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. Greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord, Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my beloved Stachus. Greet Apelles, who, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus. Greet my kinsman Herodian. Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. Greet those workers in the Lord, Tryphana and Tryphosa. Greet my beloved Persis, who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother who has been a mother to me as well. Greet Ensocratus, Phleglon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermes, and the brothers who are with them. Greet Philogelus, Julia, Nerysus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Timothy, my fellow worker, greets you. So does Lucius and Jason and Sosipater, my kinsmen. I, Tertius, who wrote this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, who is host to me and to the whole church, greets you. Erastus, the city treasurer, and our brother Cordus greet you. Will you please pray with me? Dear God, we thank you that we can gather here this morning. Uh, We thank you that we have a God who is worthy of praise and we thank you for the gift of your son Jesus and the hope that we have in him. Lord, we ask that uh, many this season uh, would hear your good news uh, and come to know Jesus personally as Lord and Savior. Uh, Please use us uh, to be emissaries for you. Lord, let your Holy Spirit rest upon Jeremy now, uh, guide him as he teaches. Uh, Let him speak truth and uh, prepare our hearts and our minds uh, to learn and to follow you. We thank you, Lord, and in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: Thank you, Nathan. My wife and I went to a concert concert couple months ago, I mentioned this a couple sermons ago in case you remember, but there at the concert, which I suppose is actually technically a music festival, there were just thousands and thousands of people who lined up to watch all of these acts, but they were ultimately all there for really one band, 2,700 concerts, band is performed on every continent. Perhaps even Antarctica, I guess I didn't look about that one. But the rest of them, they've been on. And um, if you're going to have a Hall of Fame, they're in it. It is none other than Pearl Jam. And we had never been a part of that deal, but boy did we get introduced to that deal. Came in unaware till we got welcomed by a gal named Pearl Jam Kathy. That's what we call her. She just goes by Kathy. She's our pearl jam, Kathy. If if you didn't know, certain cultures, certain environments, certain places do things different than you might do things. If you've ever been a part of gym culture, where you go to the gym and you've got those. Uh, what are you doing? There's like unwritten rules about how you use the bench and, and and the pec deck and how you are in front of the mirror with the dumbbells, which is why I think it's always funny to watch these little shrimpy people make videos of themselves at the gym. Ee, 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 in front of the guys that are like, get out the way, you know. There's there's a way that you do things at the gym that is unique to itself, and they're unwritten rules. They don't post that stuff. On the door that you know you have to learn sometimes the hard way. Uh, there's ways that they do things at NASCAR. If you've not been to a NASCAR race, it's different. <laughs> and 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 Martin and I went to our first NASCAR race, and it was it was so fun. But there's different rules at the NASCAR race than there is in the gym. Than there is here at Mill Creek. Like there's things we do here that are sort of unwritten and. And you kind of have to figure it out. So it is at Pearl Jam concerts. And it was Pearl Jam Kathy who was so sweet to us and taught us some of the unwritten rules. The first one is, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Which I think is wicked cool that you got what I would expect to be just thousands of pagans out there who are actually practicing the teachings of Jesus, sometimes even better than we do in the church. And they're just doing unto others as they would have to unto them. That's rule number one. Rule number two that we picked up was generosity. You want to be very generous to people that you're around. So if you're going to go get your little water bottle filled up at the water bottle station, you're going to take 27 with you to help everybody else out or... If you decide to go buy something at the concession stand, which is as marked up as you might imagine, you will take a, I'll take a plate of fries. That'll be $76, please. Okay. You buy two because you're going to have one and then you're going to share one. That's one of the rules. A uh, third rule we learned was to uh, watch out for each other because we showed up early with the rest of the crazies and as the concert got closer to the headlining band, people would try to show up late and then get to the front row. And, and I didn't know but, I mean, that is like the most heinous sin at the music festival is to be that person. Like you wanna make everybody mad, go do that. It's worse than the little puny guy in front of the mirror at the gym. Um, I think that covers all the rules. Oh, there's one more. It's um, welcome others into your crew welcome others into your crew, here's the way it works. You've been sitting there for several hours and, and you've gotten to know some people but you'll notice that there are still some isolated. Uh, in our group was this uh, little teenage couple, I guess they were teenagers, uh, maybe they were young 20s but they're together and, and they may say no but you invite them to like kind of circle up with you and be in your little crew and what was so fun for, so fun was the way Pearl, Jam Kathy who has a little childcare business out of her house in California and, and is married and has three teenage daughters, it was just like this little shepherdess, as we all sat there. And, and we were all strangers just a few hours before getting and meeting her. And by the end of it, we are all best friends and trading cell phones, and folks have got selfies with each other and talking about let's get each other's name tattooed on our arms, like this was the best thing of all time. We love one another, and is this Pearl Jam Kathy who's just sitting around? Hey, would you like to share some of my snack with me? Oh, hey, come on over. Hey, young couple, come come on in. Brooke, be careful. There's there's somebody's going to try to cut you. I see them. They're coming. You need to watch out. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy. What do you need, man? I'll tell you what. I need Pearl Jam Kathy. I need you to move to Kansas and come to Mill Creek. <laughs> she was fantastic, and. In our text today, I think Paul takes a page out of Pearl Jam Kathy's playbook as he tries to send the Romans off here at the end of his letter. I guess to be technically fair, Pearl Jam, Kathy's 2,000 years younger than Paul. So it's she who's taking a page out of his playbook. Maybe she didn't realize it. But, but what Paul wants to do is, is land the plane here as we come to the end of the book of Romans and, and he wants to tell the church, hey, hey church, hey, church, we are in this together. And, and church in Rome, we gotta, we gotta watch out, protect one another. And church in Rome, you're not alone. Paul's heart in chapter 16 is to encourage the church with these three truths, and those will be the three truths that we're going to look at for our sermon this morning. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, indeed, there are a lot of names in here, but I want to show you how Paul expresses these three values If you've got your notes, you might jump in with me on big idea number one. If you're taking notes, write this down. We are in this together, and I draw this from verses 1 to 16. Now, I'm not going to reread all of those names. We heard many of them a moment ago, but I do want to show you where Paul puts his emphasis in this idea that we're in this together. If you're looking at the scriptures, there in verses 1 and 2, Paul focuses on a woman named Phoebe. Say Phoebe. Phoebe is a servant. That's the word translated here. Many conclude she's a deacon. Those words are interchangeable, the original language. And and I'm convinced she actually is a deacon at the church of century. And she is serving massively there. More than that, she's also a patron. Do you see that down there at the end of verse 2? She's a patron, which tells us, She's a well-to-do businesswoman, kind of a female mogul of of whatever. She's a baller, and she's given lots of money and lots of time to gospel ministry. Many conclude that she is actually the person who has taken the letter from the hand of Paul and is hand-delivering it to the church in Rome. And what you have Paul saying then is, hey, hey, she's, she's one of us. Watch out, look out, protect her. She's in this with you, church. And 2,000 years ago, you couldn't just find an Airbnb if you went to a new city. And so he's telling the church, make sure you take care of Phoebe's needs. Make sure she's got a place to stay. Make sure she's got some food because she's legit, church. Treat her as one of you. That's the first person he gives special attention to. The second in verses 3 to 5 is Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla and Aquila. If you've been around the Bible for a while, if you were here when we preached through the book of Acts, you might remember these names. They are dear comrades to the apostle Paul. Priscilla and Aquila were there in Corinth with Paul. They spent some time in Ephesus and, and if you've ever been on a mission trip with someone, some of the inside jokes that you tell and the uh, embarrassing moments you share on a mission's trip, they're just unforgettable. When seeing as Paul and Priscilla and Aquila had been around the block, I'm sure they had some crazy stories together. And Paul, as he's finishing the letter, wants to make sure that he says, what up, Priscilla and Aquila? I'm going to come see you one of these days. And I just want to give a special shout out to this couple who I love so much which I trust would have been not only encouraging to Priscilla and Aquila, I trust it would have been encouraging to some in the church who had such a hard time with Paul's letter, they might have felt like, oh man, Paul's killing us, and who is this guy even think he is? And then all of a sudden, Paul mentions at the end, say what's up to Priscilla and Aquila, who, by the way, look in the text, they risked their necks for my life. Next time we have Sunday night forum, I'm going to sit next to Priscilla and Aquila. I want to learn a little bit about how they risked their necks for Paul's life. What's that story? I know Priscilla and Aquila are legit. Therefore, my man Paul, maybe he is legit as well. Paul gives special attention to Phoebe, Priscilla and Aquila. Third group, verses 6 to 15, is everyone else. Everyone else. Now, I don't know if... You have the same tendency I do if I was going to read a passage like this. If I was in my Bible reading plan and this passage came up, man, I would just read through this, blah, 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 done with it. Just a bunch of names, right? That's what I do. But if you slow down and think about it for a moment like I had to since I was preaching it, here's what I noticed. Paul's never been to this church, okay? And yet by my count, he names 26 different people which I think would not only have been encouraging to those who got named, but would also be encouraging to the church to know, this guy Paul, he's connected to us. He, he knows something about us. And in many cases, he's calling out some super cool details about these people. Be really honoring to hear your name dropped in the worship service. Like verse five, Eponidas the first convert in Asia, quick quick geography lesson, Asia's huge, okay? He's the number one. Well, that's cool. I wonder what his story is. I wonder what that was like to be the first guy. Or Andronicus and Junia, fellow prisoners that the apostles know well. Andronicus and Junia, y'all just been holding the doors. I didn't know you were like known by the apostles of Jesus. And you served time in the clink wild. (laughs) Rufus's mom, verse 13, I love Rufus's mom. Look Look how Rufus's mom treated Paul. Just treated Paul like Paul was her own son. Some of you ladies out there do that with us. You're like Pearl Jam Kathy. You just open up your arms. You just love on people. What a cool shout out to all the wonderful moms who care for folks who aren't biologically their kids, but in the family of God, I've only mentioned a few, but what Paul's doing in a text that I would be quick to race over is he is showing and those in the church that he knows, but also showing how he's honoring those in the church. Here he then a principle, since we're in this together, church, let's know and honor one another. Since, since we're in this together, Let's know and honor one another. The last verse of this section really makes the point, verse 16. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. And all the teenage boys said, amen, brother pastor. <laughs> Keegan gave us an amen from the corner. I appreciate that, Keegan. <laughs> Youth group girls, it's biblical. What do you want me to tell you? I mean, I heard. It. Did you see Pastor preach it? Seriously, though, they did. They did greet one another with a holy kiss, but it was different than the kisses we share here. Uh, think Italians who kind of kiss each other on the cheek, or maybe it's a peck on the forehead. But the reason this was especially precious in the church in Rome, according to John MacArthur Jr., the the holy kiss was precious because many times new believers had become outcasts in their own families. And it was in the family unit in Rome where you would greet each other with a kiss. And so what Paul's saying is, I know some of y'all left your family for this community. And I know you're lonely and you don't have a home. So Treat one another like this is your family. And what does family do? That's what they do. So treat them like the true and better family. Universally understood then as an encouragement for us, church, we've got to welcome one another. There's folks that they're getting killed out there all week long and they come here and this is the place, church, where we ought to have our arms open and say, you're safe here. You're welcome here. You can be one of us here. We welcome you. The second principle, since we're in this together, church, we should welcome and love one another. We should welcome and love one another. Here, here then what here's what Paul's doing even though he's landing the plane and he's mentioned all these names, his argument for them then, hey, Romans, y'all got some super cool Christians up in your church. And you should know one another. You should honor one another. You should welcome outsiders into your church. Church, let's, let's do this life together. We are in this church together, so let's love one another. True for them, true for us. Here's application church, welcome, know, honor, and love one another here. That's what Paul's doing, he's gonna, the application for us, know one another, welcome one another, honor one another, love one another. How you doing with this church? If you're a regular at Mill Creek, if you're a member here, you might notice, we've had a lot of guests recently. And uh, so encouraged, we continue to hear from folks who come check out Mill Creek, y'all are one of the most welcoming, kind churches we visit. We come in and people introduce themselves to us, your staff is, is on us like salesmen or something. And I just want to encourage you, church, for taking the initiative and being the kind of person who's not going to just give a nod to a person you don't recognize as if to say, I acknowledge your existence and that you're a human in the same room as I am. Head nod. I mean, that's what you do when you pass somebody on the road when you're driving, right? You give them a head nod like, I see you there. Thank you for not wrecking me. But in a church... Thank you for not being that kind of person and thanks for learning names. I'm so glad we're not that kind of group that just looks at somebody and goes, Hey, friend. How you doing, buster? <laughs> no, we want to learn names. I'm glad. It seems to me that this is the kind of place where folks can feel welcomed. Thanks for, thanks for carrying the spirit of like Pearl Jam Cathy Church and being the kind of folks who welcome others. It's a way to bring unity to the church by knowing each other, welcoming each other. And how about honoring one another? How are we doing at honoring one another, church? We should make it a point to honor one another. And in fact, let me, let me take a moment to honor a couple people just like Paul. Could I have all the unpaid elders stand up? Would the unpaid elders please stand up? If you're in here and you're an unpaid elder, you guys are eyeballing each other. I'll stand up if you do, Okay. <laughs> Okay. Hey, can we honor them, church? You guys can have a, have a seat. There, there's several of us who are on the elder board. We get paid, and we are very thankful for being paid. But these guys and their spouses and their kids pay a price, as do these guys, to serve and pray and lead. And we honor you guys. How about deacons? We have any deacons in the room? If you're a deacon here at Mill Creek, would you stand up? Yes, yeah, Sam's here. He's the only one that made it. Oh yeah, we've got Jamie and Cheryl Lee. Can we honor them? Thank you. Thank you. We honor you for the ways that you serve. In many ways we don't see all the hours you guys put in. Thank you for that. There's other folks that can honor church planters like Katie and Roby and Elijah and Brittany who are across the oceans, church planting in different places. There's other folks I'd like to honor, folks working in children's ministry. If you serve in children's ministry, have served in children's ministry recently, would you stand up for me? If you've served in children's ministry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, if you've served in children's ministry, stand up. We honor you, we're grateful for you, thank you. Thank you, you guys can have a seat. Other folks that want to honor, really appreciate Bev Richardson. Is she in here, I told her I might say, her name. yes, there's Bev. Thank you, Bev. She leads our, <laughs> a lot of our choir. She's serving in counseling ministry. Some of you have received counseling from her. 90% of the counseling hours that we give here, 90% of our counselors are volunteer, and she leads the charge and caring and leading. And she's a hard worker, and we're grateful for her. Jeff Clare's been up here playing drums and he's been meeting with some folks. Man, honor you for the ways that you're mentoring other folks. Tim and Crystal Petty, they've been leading the Christmas charge for Operation Christmas Child for long before I showed up here. And we're grateful for the ways that you guys serve. When it comes to patrons, believe it or not, I don't know any of the financial side of what people give, um, but Pastor Marty, who's in on that, told me that just this last, uh, just recently, we've picked up 10 new people, units, who are giving to Mill Creek, so whoever that is, I trust you know if, if you're giving to Mill Creek. Man, we just thank you and honor you, appreciate you. Two other special shout-outs are uh, Debbie and Dorothy, who, who pray for us and are so kind with your warmth and generosity to our church. We love seeing you both here. Cam, it's always sweet to have you. Honor you with your smiles and warmth, ladies. One other guy I want to honor is uh, Sean Wilkinson, who's way back here. Say hi. Sean, you want to give us a wave? What up, Sean? He gave us the bow. That's even but Yes. I love Sean. One of my blessed friends didn't attend service, but he came in and... um, kind of intimidated by this guy. I pray for him, but I'm intimidated by him. And would you like to know who chatted him up for 30 minutes? Not intimidated, happy to just share his heart with him. It's it our friend Sean Wilkinson who's in there sitting at a table with him, just letting him know all the wonderful parts. And I just, I honor you, Sean. Thank you for being the kind of guy who's willing to have a sweet conversation with anybody who walks through So look, there's no way I can honor everyone in this room the way I would wish. And in fact, I was was telling the staff about this idea, and and I was hesitant because I would hate for anybody to feel left out. Like if you're here and you're feeling a little bit left out, that just crushes me. But, But there's no way in the preaching ministry to honor every person in a church who is to be honored. But you can play a part in honoring one another Maybe there's a person right now that you could just make a mental note. I'm going to go say a kind word to them. And, and if they're paid staff, great, but especially I would encourage you to say a nice word to anybody in this church. It's so encouraging when somebody notices that you've been serving and, and working and, 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 and investing in the church. You can write a handwritten note. You can send them a text. Don't kiss each other. That's still weird in our culture. If Pearl Jam Kathy, and, and, and that crew can figure out how to create loving community, we can do it too, right, church? Let's, let's do this. That's first big idea. Here's the second. Move with me to the second idea. We've got to watch out for each other from verses 17 to 20. From the text, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them, for such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. As Paul's landing the plane here, here's what he's doing. He just spent all this time saying, hey, church, we're in this together, But the tendency might be for some in the church to look around and go, okay, then I guess everybody that's in the room, everybody who calls themselves a Christian is safe. And that's why Paul takes a moment to go, but wait, just because they're in the room doesn't mean that they've got good heart for you. And that's why he's telling them, watch out. You got to be careful. Just because somebody's in the room doesn't mean they don't have bad motives for you. And then he's telling us what to look out for. And you gotta watch out for those who add hurdles to the path of Jesus. You got some people who are preaching sermons contrary to gospel doctrine. We'd know gospel doctrine from Romans 1 to 8. And what he's saying is, watch out. Some are not serving Jesus, they're serving themselves. So beware. Beware. You gotta watch out for wolves. Now, I know in verses 17 and 18, Paul doesn't use the metaphor of wild wolves. But in Acts 20, this is what he tells the Ephesian elders. He says, Hey, when I leave, wolves are gonna come in and they're gonna attack the flock. So beware. And seeing his true doctrine is a matter of life and death. We know Paul's telling us the church to watch out for each other, and, and we would do well to watch out for each other as well. And sidebar real quick: if if you're here and 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 you're here for the wrong reasons, like you're a wolf and you want to teach false doctrine, and you want to create divisions, and you're all about you, and you're just trying to to get a few naive sheep, you may bite, and you may nip at some of us elders, and you may draw blood. But you better be ready to die for what you're going to do, because the elders will die for the church here. We'll lay our lives down to protect the flock. We watch out for wolves here. 19, your obedience is known to all, Church, so that I rejoice over you, Paul says, but I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil. In case you're here in the if you're in the Roman church, you're like, whoa, whoa, that's scary, Paul. Some folks are the good guys, some folks are the bad guys. How do I know the difference? Here's how you know: bad guys cause divisions. Bad guys, they create obstacles to the gospel. The way we say it around here, bad guys would teach Jesus plus something equals salvation. Well, how do you know who the good guys are? Well, good guys are Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. And they're not trying to create division and obstacles. They're trying to remove those things. You could say those in the family of God, they're wise to good, innocent to evil. When you get to know the good guys and you start peeling back, you see, man, they've got hearts of repentance. Repentance. Christians are are sorry about the ways that they sin. Verse 20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Man, good news, friends. Good guys win. If you're on Team Jesus, you're going to be on the right side at the end of time when Satan gets crushed. Here's the principle from 19 and 20 as we watch out for each other. Obey Christ until God crushes Satan. So here's Paul's heart for the Roman church. Church, keep your head on a swivel. And you, you watch out. Protect each other. But then you also look out for those bad guys. Watch one another's backs, just like Pearl Jam Kathy was. If people can watch each other's backs at a concert church, we can watch each other's backs with doctrine. Amen? True for them, true for us. Here's application number two, protect one another. Protect one another. And just like Paul encouraged the Ephesian elders to protect the flock, he is calling Christians to protect one another here in the Roman church, so we ought to be watchful for anyone teaching anti-gospel. Let's protect one another. Now, I was trying to think of a concrete example of when this had happened in our church and I couldn't think of one. And I think that's a testament to, to so many of you leaders and our, our elders and life group leaders and, and, and those who are leading classes. You've done a good job of, of protecting. But I do think while to date, I haven't noticed anybody in here trying to infiltrate the church and teach false doctrine contrary to the scripture. I do think under the larger umbrella of evangelical Christianity, we need to be careful, church. There are those who, who identify themselves as evangelical Christians, and you can see them on the TV. You can see them in all of the different screens you have online, and they are peddling a false gospel, and they are trying to take, take advantage of your naivete, and they are not about Jesus. They are about themselves. And I, I know that Amazon has a worldview that it's trying to disciple us with, and I know Netflix has a worldview that it's trying to disciple us with, and I know Facebook and all of these conglomerates have a worldview, and Hollywood has a, has a worldview, and we, and we need to be careful and be aware when we're coming up against those worldviews that are completely hostile to Christianity. My sense is some of you know when something is 180 degrees off of the gospel, but I think where some of us might be vulnerable is when a person professes to be a Christian and then spews garbage, and we don't know how to filter that. And in my view, more than Amazon and, 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 and more than Netflix and more than Hollywood, I think the primary disciple maker of, of kids and adults today not, is not the church right now. I think it is social media that has got more hours spent with our minds and brains than anything else. And, and, and parents, I can't warn you enough. Beware giving your kid a phone and, and allowing them access to whatever you're allowing them access to. I, I think it is the same or more dangerous than a loaded gun, and any parent worth their salt wouldn't just give their kid a gun and say, I hope you figure out how to use that, and good luck. Good grief. When I was a teenager, I couldn't drive a tractor without going to tractor safety, and yet we just hand kids technology like it's, well, perhaps not you, but I see it happening and I just can't... Urge you strong enough, men, protect your kids because they're gonna get discipled by some of these voices who claim to be evangelical Christians, but they're spewing garbage and it's a way we can protect one another. Let's protect our kids. Let's also, church, protect each other because parents, they're coming for us too. Don't be taken in by smooth talk and flattery. Let us be wise to good and innocent of evil. And just because somebody stands up and says, oh yeah, 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 I'm a Christian, let's still filter what they're saying and understand that they may be coming with poor intentions. In this way, we need to be Pearl Jam Cathy's looking out, protecting one another. Well, that's Paul's second idea. Here's his last one, we're not alone. I draw this from verses 21 to 23, we're not alone. In, In these last few verses, Paul returns to dropping more names, but this time he's not dropping names of those in the church at Rome, but those outside the church in Rome. You see the names, 21, 22, Timothy, Lucius, Jason, Sosipater, Tertius, Gaius, Erastus, Cordus. History tells us that he's in the city of Corinth when he's writing this letter. And once again, if this was your Bible reading plan, you might be tempted like me to just cruise through it and get onto something that's a little more edifying, something a little more better for my soul today, but... All scriptures breathed out by God, amen? And I'm convinced Paul's intention here is to encourage the church, not only with these greetings in 21 to 23, but also at the end of 16. Look back at 16b. Look what Paul says All the churches of Christ greet you. All of them. And Paul would know he's planted churches in all the major metropolitan areas in the Mediterranean, and he's saying, just in case you want to know, all the churches are saying, What's up, church in Rome? See, see While the church in Rome might have been sitting on pins and needles, I wouldn't have been surprised to understand that they're feeling the deep division of their ethnic differences. Gentiles and Jews are tearing their church apart, and it could be that they're having these leadership meetings, and they're just saying, look, we've got to get Paul here. He's our only hope to kind of bring us back together. So when is Paul showing up? And we just learned in chapter 15, Paul's not even coming straight from Corinth to Rome. He's going to take the long way. To Jerusalem, he's 3,000 miles away. What are we going to do? I think Paul's encouraging to let him know you're not alone, guys. You're not alone. You've got all these people that are in your corner. They're cheering for you and they're praying for you. You don't have to think that you're all isolated. I think Paul's heart is I know it's easy to get discouraged, church, and it's tempting to think you're the only one struggling and nobody else cares, but it's not the facts. You're not alone. True for them, true for us, Mill Creek. Here's our application. Let's keep reminding one another we're not alone. Man, life, life as a Christian's hard. And the struggle's real. I mean, any of y'all feel that? I feel like, I mean, life's hard enough not being a Christian. Good pagans have hard lives. How much more is we're just, we're trying to, we're trying to take God's word and, and align our lives and our hearts to what God's word says, and it, and it is just so difficult. Undoubtedly, some of our problems are first world problems, but the relational issues and the division that was attacking the church in Rome, it, it attacks us too and the same heart issues that they faced, we have to face. And, and I don't know about you, but it's like life is hard enough just trying to wake up and do your job and, and be responsible and faithful, and that's even if life in church is going okay. Like even when stuff in here is going okay, life's already hard enough, and then you add on top of that that you've got some relational issues with people in the church, and it's heartbreaking. It just tears at you, and you think, I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired, I'm trying to do the best I can and you kind of spiritually limp your way into church and then you look around and you go, oh man, that person, I've got a problem with that person right now and I, they hurt my feelings and they said this thing, they probably don't even know it but now I gotta go talk to them because I'm harboring some, some hurt and, or somebody comes and talks to you. No matter how hard it gets though, the answer isn't quitting church. Church, know this, you're not alone. No matter what you're facing, not only do you have fellow members here wanting to support you, not only do you have deacons and elders that, that want to care, serve, and shepherd you, but more than that, Mill Creek, even outside ourselves, there's other places that are cheering for us. They're encouraging us. Troy Kennedy, lead music guy over at Westside Family Church just across the way, texts me all the time. He just did this morning. He said, praying for you, Jeremy, Mill Creek, go. Go go. I told Troy, we're praying for you too. And not just because you texted me this morning. We were going to do that anyway. <laughs> Pray for Proclaim and Cody up in Bonner. Pray for New City Church. Matt Miller meeting over at Shawnee and Quivira. Praying for First Baptist and Journey Bible Church and Christ Church Anglican and the Christ Community Church. Man, there's so many good churches in the city and we're for each other. We want everybody preaching Jesus. And, and sure, I'd love it if my neighbors would come here and hear about Jesus, but more importantly, I want them to go somewhere that's preaching Jesus that they might come to know him. And we're not alone. We have other churches praying for us. And did you know we have sister organizations that are praying for us? We got folks up at Midwestern Seminary, the seminary here in North Kansas City, not just students that are here. We love having all them here. Anybody going to school at that at seminary, we welcome here. But more than that, we've got folks on their payroll who know who we are, and they're praying for us, and they want good for us. Hey, man, how could we pray? Well, we're thinking about church planting. Yeah, go get it, Mill Creek. We've got folks a part of the Send Network, which is a church planting organization. They just sent one of their guys over on Monday, brought us all these treats, all this coffee, just sat down with us just to say, hey, so you know, we're for you. I want to see you go. I want to see God do work through you. We're not alone, and we're praying for other people. Amen. And most important, we've got God's promise in verse 20. God's going to crush Satan under our feet. I don't know about you, but I am a competitively wired man, and I love to win. And boy, do I feel like I lose a lot right now in life. But one day... One day, God is going to crush Satan. The Genesis 3.15 promise, probably the first time that there's ever the gospel alluded to, when the promise is that the serpent's going to nip the heel, but then that foot is going to crush the head of the serpent, it will happen. And as we await that day, let us encourage one another, you're not alone. Then I'm in this with you, and you're in this with me. Keep reminding one another. For those of you who just showed up this morning, you're just checking out church, and you're thinking to yourself, man, the benefits of this community sound fascinating, but how could, I be a part of, how could I be a part of that? If you're not a Christian, let me... Maybe you're feeling like Brooke and I were that day we showed up at the music festival. I don't know all y'all's unwritten rules, but I'd like somebody to teach me. Here's, here's my best Pearl Jam Kathy impression. If, if, if you don't know Jesus, he would love to have you in his family. And if you don't know much about us, we're totally weird. <laughs> but we would love to have you as part of our community. And if you don't know Jesus, good news, it costs nothing, at least financially. But it will require you to write a blank check In a way of your entire life, because to follow Christ is to surrender all to Him. And so, while it doesn't cost you financially, it is the most costly commitment a person could make. We'd love to have you here. We'd love for you to be a part of this community. And the way you do that is in Christ, which if you Sped read this passage, you might have missed the seven times that Paul uses the phrase in the Lord. Or if you look through there, you'd find four times that he says in Christ. By my count, 11 different times, Paul keeps saying in the Lord or in Christ, which are synonyms for saying those of you who are Christians and in the community share these benefits, which means if you're not in Christ, these aren't open for you. So here's the invitation. Not explicit in our text, but Paul's made it explicit through the book of Romans. He's made clear no one is righteous, no, not one. Just because your mom and dad believe in Jesus, just because you show up doesn't make you in Christ. No, the way to receive this wonderful and free gift is by repenting of your sins and trusting in Jesus. Here's how, Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Would not you please join the family? And we'd love to have you. If, if, you'd, if you'd like to do that, man, I'm here after this sermon and I'd love to talk to you or your friend would love to talk to you. Any of the elders would love to talk to you. We'd like to help you join the family. That's if you don't know Jesus. If you're here and you'd say, man, I do know Jesus, but I'm not actually a member of a church. And I'd say for you, the next step is become a member. Become a member. It's really easy. You tell us about how you believe the gospel. You read our doctrine, make sure you agree with it, and then you join the community. It's a way to formalize what we've been talking about here. For those who are Mill Creek members, you're in the family, you're in Jesus. I hope that this church resembles what God wants his church to be. I know that there are some unwritten rules and some community to have at the gym. I know that at a NASCAR race, they have their own unwritten rules and some ways that you can feel like an insider there. Undoubtedly, it's true at music festivals, ways that they do things that make you feel part of the community. But those communities are only mirages of the true and ultimate community that we've been created for. And one day, we will get to see as the true and ultimate community the family we've all been made for. And as we await that day, let us be the true and ultimate community to one another. Will you pray with me that God would do that here? Christ, my heart is that we would be the kind of church that you want us to be. Lord, for those who don't know you, spirit, save now. Lord, for those who are on the fringe, I pray you would grant grace that they might be able to plug in and be a committed part of your community. Lord, for those here who are committed to your community, I pray that you would grant us grace to be what you've intended for us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you like what you've heard or want to find out more information, please visit our website at mymillcreek.com.